0: Welcome everyone to the Monday edition of Couch Potato Diary coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online clearwatercleaningsolutions.com so uh, might sound a little bit different today there's some work going on at uh, our, my neighbor's place or it might even be at our place and just the other people who live here but um, either way uh, it might sound a touch different than what you're used to from the program today uh, so hopefully you are able to deal with that so let's start in the National Hockey League as we are getting ready for a dream matchup by the time you hear this Keynes Rangers will at least be underway we'll touch on it a little bit but the the main one we are getting ready for is Avalanche Oilers with a berth in the Stanley Cup Final on the line and it felt like when the NHL went to NBC they had an excellent run of big market teams having success you know like the, the NHL goes to NBC you get the Ducks having a good run. Then you get Boston having a good run. Then you get the Rangers having a pretty good run. The Kings have a good run. Sidney Crosby has a good run. The Red Wings are in there. Detroit, that's a solid market. Uh, Well, kind of. But the, the NHL, I think, on NBC had a really good run of big market franchises having success, and that was able to slowly creep the NHL back into relevancy a little bit. Now, I think the next step, and almost at the perfect time, you are seeing now, with the ESPN deal, the superstars getting now this opportunity. And uh, again, like Tampa, or uh, the Rangers at least are playing in Game 7 tonight, but the, 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 the way sports is going, superstars are the ones who drive things. It's not necessarily teams anymore, as, as frustrating as that may be to some. It is like, we are very close to the generation who are going to be fans of players, not teams necessarily. And where, wherever this guy goes, I'm going to be a fan of that team and I'm going to get that jersey. The traveling yoggers, it's a funny thing now, it's going to be the norm um, later on. Maybe not for guys who've played for 30 years, but you know what I mean? People are flocking to superstars instead of teams. And now you have two of the brightest superstars playing on a gigantic platform down in the States. The The, the timing of this, I think, is really, really perfect. And this is the, the type of a matchup that you dream of as a hockey fan. This is going to be such spectacular hockey being played by these two players that I I really do think this is happening at the perfect time for the the National Hockey League. I, I think that when you see... Like, everything's on TikTok. Everything is social media, and it's quick, digestible content. Boom, 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 boom. You get that with McDavid. You get that with McKinnon. You get that um, with guys like Rantanen and Landis Cog You would if Subtle was in, wasn't injured. He still had an amazing series against Calgary, but I mean, you don't get necessarily the highlight reel plays. But still, this is going to be a series Filled with those. Filled with plays that you can throw on TikTok. Filled with plays that you can put on an Instagram reel. Filled with plays that are gifable content on Twitter. As sports starts to shift down that way, it looks like the NHL, at least for this year, is shifting in the exact same way, and that is perfect timing for them. As far as this series goes, and I understand there's going to be a bit of a, oh, you're just a hater, because the whole Calgary thing, but I really struggle to find a way where Edmonton wins this series, right? Because the last one Connor McDavid was just better than everyone. And he might be in this series too like he's the best player in the world, so he's going to be. But Nathan McKinnon is a pretty close second. And then Drysdale figured out how to handle dealing with the injuries that he is dealing with, but now you got to try to one up Landeskog and Rantanen and Kadri and I I just, I don't, I don't think Edmonton has the horses to do it this time around. Now, to be fair, I didn't think they would have the horses to do it last time around, and a lot of what happened against Calgary was Calgary not stepping up, but a lot of what happened against Calgary was Edmonton actually stepping up. And so, I, I really do view this... As a bit of a tricky series, though, for for Edmonton. Uh, again, some of the depth players did step up, but I just think they're going to have to find another level against Colorado, and I don't think they're going to get there. I don't think Colorado's goaltending is going to give up the same opportunities that Calgary's goaltending did. I think this is going to be a fun series. I, I honestly don't think it's going to be a particularly long, a particularly long one, though. Uh, I'm my my official prediction is Colorado in five. Canes against the Rangers. Carolina needs this one. As I said, as you're listening to this, the game's either happen, happening or happened. Um, this is, obviously it's a must win for both teams. It's game seven. That's how it works. It does feel like the Rangers are a year early. I caution against saying that always because this is a really fucking hard thing to get back to, these championship level games. And so you kind of want to take the opportunity while you have them. Because there, there are no guarantees of, oh yeah, this team would be this team will be back for sure. Of course they'll be back. Uh, and then they're just they're not ever. So the, the the Rangers obviously have a lot riding on this one as well. Again, it's a game seven, but for the hurricanes, this was supposed to kind of be the time. As Tampa Bay was in theory falling off, Carolina was in that spot to maybe move past them as the next one. And it just hasn't looked good at all and I get, like, it's hilarious that Carolina's won every home game and lost every road game. That is not the mark of a good team. That is the mark of a team barely holding on, and the mark of a team that's about to get shit-kicked by the Tampa Bay Lightning again. This can't be where Carolina wants to be living. This can't be the neighborhood they want to constantly be residing in, but once again, we are seeing, and it's starting to seem kind of Calgary-esque, and I'm not saying it's because some of the superstars haven't stepped up or anything like that, but it just seems like, It gets a lot more difficult for this team to be good this time of year, and at some point you just have to kind of start believing them. I I don't know if there is another playoff team that has lost bigger marks for winning than Carolina has. Like, this would be the most underwhelming run to the conference finals I can remember. I... I I am so far down on Carolina. I'm at the point I want the Rangers to win this game. A, I want to see how Car- Carolina responds to that. But B, I I would like to see. Um, I, I just I, I think that I I just don't think Carolina should be rewarded for the hockey that they have played for being really good on home ice and then dog shit on the road the entire time. I just feel like that should come back to bite someone at some point. And so th- this is me almost trying to speak it into existence as I'm speaking before it happens while you're listening to it, you you probably are going to know how stupid that I sound. Last one here on hockey. Um, I said on Game Over Calgary after the the season ended the way it did for the Flames. By the way, that was a goal. It doesn't matter. They would have lost in Game 6 anyway, but that was a goal. Um... I said, I'm pretty sure Gaudreau's coming back, and Kachuk, like, clearly, he's a restricted free agent. I I think that there's going to be too much made about that, but because this is a Canadian market, that's going to happen. The more I look at it, though, I I just... I really think this team is further away than maybe we think they are. This was a great regular season, don't get me wrong. But you look at the last little while, what playoff success have they had? They had play-in success against the Winnipeg Jets, although they didn't have their superstar player. And they had success against the Dallas Stars. Credit to them. They had success against the Dallas Stars. The the, the playoff, I mean, the playoff logo wasn't on the ice, but the the things said, Stanley Cup playoffs everywhere. They played the same team seven times. They won four of those games. That that, that is a playoff series. I think in hindsight, it should have concerned us more that they had that amount of trouble with Dallas. And I get Ottinger was spectacular spectacular, but still, I think it should have been a bit of a red flag that they had that much trouble with Dallas, and again, it's easy to forget after the regular season this team's had, how disappointing this time of year always is with this team, and the lack of response that they had to any kind of adversity, the lack of a plan B they had to anything that Edmonton threw their way, I am... I am at the point where I don't know if I'm keeping Johnny Gaudreau at this point. I'm going to give it a shot, but I'm not going to go crazy for it. You know, like I'm, I, and one person's shot is another person's crazy. I'd go like eight by 10. Like I'm not saying I'd ah, try, try four at five and see if it works. I, I would still throw a lot of money at him. But if teams are going to bid him up to $11, 12000000 million, I'm going to look at different ways I can now improve this hockey club, aside from Johnny Gaudreau, so that when this team gets to this point again, we're not dealing with a disappointed uh, red mile in the first or second round. Like, it's just... I get very... I get very frustrated watching this team play playoff hockey. And again, I don't even think Johnny Gaudreau is the main issue. Um, I, I thought he had a pretty good series against Edmonton. But again, that's fucking Edmonton. Like, they, they beat the Flames in five, so they're obviously pretty good. But this isn't a, a stalwart defensive team that, oh, wow, he's cracked through. He was able to get around Cody CeCe, who is actually sneaky better than people maybe give him credit for because it's fun to make fun of him. But still, you know what I'm saying? Like, th- this is. The, the times that they had success, it was kind of the, well, duh. Like And anytime there's resistance, they just fold up for a little bit. They were able to push back against Dallas, but you still needed overtime of Game 7 to beat the 7-seed. Maybe the, we're not as close to a parade down the Red Mile as we maybe thought. And it is difficult to take that big of a step back with a player like Johnny Gaudreau. But it's also very difficult to take a step forward with $10 million on the books for a guy who played well this last time, hasn't really done it in playoff time though. And I'm really concerned about Matthew Kachuk as well. But I think that one's a little bit more of a... I, I'm, I'm not so concerned about that one, at least this time around. Moving into the NBA, and we've talked about this a little bit before on the show, this playoff is proving that the regular season in the NBA actually means something. And I know what you're going to say, neither one seed made it. The one seed out west won all those games just so we could watch them lose in the second round in heartbreaking fashion, or not even heartbreaking fashion, in absolutely ass-kicking fashion. So, not everything, it's not always a straight line one-to-one. But you look at the two teams in the finals, the Warriors and the Celtics. The Celtics were 500 by around Christmas time. But they used the experience that you gain from regular season basketball games to figure out what this team's identity was, to figure out what worked, what didn't, who worked, who didn't, how they worked, how they didn't. They they used the regular season as almost proof of concept and by the time they got going into the postseason it wasn't just okay well turn get to the postseason flip a switch no this was one of the best defensive teams in the NBA from January on because of adjustments that were made in the regular season it's not yeah we're just gonna dick around for 82 games then figure it out when it matters and hope we don't lose four games in a row in the process I, I I think that this is a a real point to drive home that Boston used the regular season to the peak of its capabilities to shape this team into what it is now, and that is an Eastern Conference champion. And out West, Golden State, they... Needed the regular season for everyone to get together, right? And they didn't necessarily have that. But in those opportunities, you're not getting Pool stepping up if this team doesn't care about the regular season. You're not getting Kaminga in some spots stepping up if this team doesn't do this in the regular season. You're not seeing this elevated Andrew Wiggins if this team isn't taking the regular season seriously. And I'm not saying Brooklyn or some of these other teams just kind of coast through, but you do get a certain sense of that where it's okay, well. We know we're good. We know we can flip this switch. Uh, you see a lot of teams that. Atlanta for some fucking reason thought they could just flip the switch, but you see it time and time again. the The teams that actually get value out of the regular season are a problem in the playoffs. The Philadelphia 76ers had their world kind of thrown around with Theibel not being available. And with James Harden, maybe not being James Harden, going up against a Raptor team that takes the regular season seriously. And the Raptors, again, some of those games weren't very close. But you're a Joel Embiid missed desperation shot away from that series looking completely different. Miami taking the regular season seriously. Even though some of their guys were banged up, that is valuable experience for some of their young players to step up. And some of those young players almost knocked Boston out of the the post season and put Miami into a championship spot. So I just feel like going forward, we shouldn't just dismiss, ah, it's a regular season, who cares? There are things to be learned. There is experience to be had. There is growth to be had in the National Basketball Association from the regular season. And it's it's something that I need to remember. It's, oh, okay, well, that game doesn't really matter. All right, well, that game doesn't really matter. And it can get frustrating when you get a lot of stars sitting, and we've talked about that before, but I, I just feel Like, this postseason shows regular season basketball still matters. Looking at the other end of it, the team that lost in the Western Conference final, the Dallas Mavericks, they have a superstar who two years in a row has now showed up out of shape. And I think Luka is one of the most talented players basketball has ever seen, but that is a big hole to climb out of when you're dicking around for the first few months of the season trying to play yourself back into shape. And I don't think it necessarily caught up with them, but I I do think that you now need to prove in Dallas that there is a seriousness being taken now, a commitment to winning that maybe there wasn't necessarily there before. I'm not saying Luca doesn't care. I'm just saying there is a next level of care that you have to get to when you are a superstar in a league with Giannis, in a league with Steph, in a league with Tatum. These guys who are out there constantly working on their game. Luca is incredibly talented and I'm sure works very hard when the time comes, but It's not a 365 thing with him, and I think it needs to be, and I think this showed it. One guy who it is, is Jimmy Butler. These last three years, Jimmy Butler has finally got to the level I think he thought he should have been at the whole time. What an unbelievable performance in Game 7. The issue now, though, is where did the heat go from here? Butler is a year older with, as we just saw, a lot of miles on him. Kyle Lowry is a year older with, as we just saw, a lot of miles on him. And then after that, it's a lot of secondary guys who are all right. It does feel like Miami needs another dude there that kind of meshes with the heat culture thing. I'm not sure who that is, but still, an incredible performance and incredible season from Miami. Just one quick last one here. On the soccer front, watch the Champions League final, Liverpool falling to Real Madrid. That was such a weird game. Like, you watching the whole time okay well Liverpool's gonna take this like a couple of these shots five on target none of them got through excellent goalkeeping it's but eventually it's gonna break through and then it's one nil. and I actually we were talking about where I was watching it the the total for the game was at two and a half and it was like oh hit the over hit the over on that for sure and then Madrid scores and in my mind I was like oh well this is hitting over for sure because now Liverpool has to score two to win and that's what they're gonna do and they just never did it was like you got to the 87th minute and it was like they're actually going to lose this game. I can't believe... They're not going to score. And they didn't. Just, if you're a Liverpool fan, that had to feel like you were drowning. That I, I couldn't imagine watching that from a Liverpool perspective and just seeing the seconds tick away and the ball not go into the net. That that would have been... Oh, that would have been infuriating to watch. And you look at now an incredible Liverpool team. We talked about it with Josh on the, the Fresh Take Network, how um, this is... Like, this is feeling like a a juggernaut type of a team in Liverpool, and now all they have to show for it is the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup that they need a penalty kicks to win. This shows the level of competition right now. Like, A, it shows the greatness, I think, of Pep and Manchester City, but this has to be viewed as a disappointment in Liverpool now. And as you go into next season... It does kind of feel like a two-dog race again, because Chelsea potentially going to fall out with not having a Russian oligarch as an owner. Um, and Manchester United has a lot to figure out, and I don't trust Arsenal at all. So it does feel like another two-horse race, but man, this felt like a, the potential for a very, very special season that just missed by a couple of kicks for Liverpool. That's going to do it for the show today. Thank you all so much for tuning in from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is your one-stop residential and commercial cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. Online, I'm Primetime Klein at Twitter and Instagram, twitch.tv PrimetimePK. You can email the show, Diary at yahoo.com. I hope you all have a wonderful day and I will talk to you later this week. I'm out.